Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But a 30-year-old disguising as a 13-year-old and made it through lunch. I've been here all day. Face to face with teachers. My eyebrows are really stupid too. I've made it more than half a day. No, half a day. Well, more because I only have four classes left. This is considered fifth. Right? Yep. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, reporting live from my daughter's middle school. (laughs) So every week I come across a headline that has nothing to do with like pop culture or celebrity culture, but I think I want to integrate it into these Monday episodes. And I'm going to call, as of now, tentatively titled, this segment is going to be called, Girl... (laughs) and the girl of the week is one Casey Garcia if you guys haven't heard this story oh my god it has been it has been sitting with me all week I could not believe how the story has evolved okay so for those of you who don't know there's a lady named Casey Garcia she's 30 years old mother of a seventh grader um, and she decided to pose as her daughter 
dress up like her daughter and try to get through as much of the school day as she could without getting caught. So Casey did get to all seven of her periods before the last teacher did find her. She says that um, the teacher said, can I um, talk to you after class, after the the other student, the actual students, the real students have left. And she said, hey, um, you're not Julie. Her daughter's name is Julie. Hey, you're not Julie. And she said, yeah, you're right. I'm Julie's mother. <laughs> Casey's. Casey has since been arrested for trespassing and I believe for falsifying documents. But here's the kicker for me. So she goes throughout the day. She does this whole like YouTuber style video of her transformation. I'll post the links. I'll post the link to the article that'll also have links to these videos within the article. But she she has to darken her hair. She's doing her makeup differently. She's wearing this hoodie. And obviously she has to wear the mask while she's inside. And, you know, doing all these things to disguise her appearance and try to make herself look as much like her daughter, Julie, as possible. She's having, there were people, several people throughout the day, students and teachers that were a little bit confused. And at one point she does thank like all of Julie's friends and the students that realized who she was and, helped her, you know, go to her classroom, go to the right teachers, you know, navigate her day properly so as to stay a little under the radar. Now, obviously, this got a bunch of attention of not only her doing this, but also the documentation of doing it and the uh, arrest that she got arrested for. So (laughs) she released a YouTube video and she's mad at us. This is what I love stories where it's like, you go out of your way to do something stupid, and now you're mad that everybody has responded in kind. So, she starts off with a YouTube video saying she didn't do this for attention or views, she just wanted to test out the security. Starts off by saying she had no intention of impersonating anybody else except for her daughter, and like I said, she had to do her makeup right and dye her hair right in order to make that happen. Like, okay... So you weren't trying to impersonate anybody else. Um, okay, that that doesn't change anything for me, but go off, Casey. So she tries to make a point by saying that the school was more concerned about the fact that she had her phone out than who she was. And that she just felt like she was, you know, hey, put your phone down instead of Julie. Hey, put your phone down. Um She also says that she was not trying to out the school specifically or the school district that they did that. Like she had no intention of saying, hey, I'm a mother of a daughter at this school. Like she wasn't mad at the school specifically. She even says at one point that the principal is one of the best people she's ever known, that the teachers are so amazing, that she purely wanted to test out the school's security. So let me just reiterate the fact that she found nothing wrong with the school her daughter goes to itself. There was really no reason for her to do any of this. No catalyst. (laughs) Not not a single moment happened. There was no um, displeasure with the school whatsoever. And, And in fact, she loves the school. She just chose to do this. 
She does say that she's not trying to out this teacher, but at one point, I guess the school's like a hybrid. They're doing hybrid learning. Like some of them are in person and some of them are virtual. She says in one of the classes, one of the periods, she was the only in-person student there. And she felt like the teachers were more occupied with the students who were doing their virtual learning than the teachers that were in person. Now, that is... I don't know. I like, I kind of want to put like my instinct, my middle finger is twitching a little bit and I kind of want to give her the finger because I'm like, these teachers are doing the best they can. They're doing, they're working with what they've got. They have not, you know, we're barely a year into, you know, just over a year into this, but barely a year into this when it comes to like the learning and the school year of it all. And they're just trying to figure it all out. So I'm sorry that like, yeah, maybe you felt like, the virtual learning students got a little bit more attention, but you know what? The teachers are doing the best they can, Casey. Okay. Chill the fuck out. So like I said, she was able to navigate. She was able to go through lunch. She sat through lunch without her mask on. And she does post clips where there are a couple times where you can hear the teacher say, Julie, <laughs> like, is that you? Um, like a couple teachers did say that. So like I said, she made it all the way till seventh period and the teacher held her back after class and says, you're not Julie. And she says, yeah, I'm her mom. And the teacher's response was why? (laughs) Great question. Teach. Why, why did you do this? Um, so Like I said, she goes on to say that she purely did this for a social experiment. Is it a social experiment or were you trying to do it for security reasons? She really like kind of for somebody who sat down to do like this, I'm going to address everything. And like, I just can't believe how big this story got and how carried away all of this got. And like, I'm here to like really break it down and tell the tell my truth. She really was like really grabbing at straws here, like grasping at straws to try and figure out like there was really no through line into her reasoning. Like, yeah, she said security at some points, but then she says social experiment. And then she says like, she wasn't trying to be vindictive, but there's a lot of roads that she's taking here. Casey also at one point does um, shout out a rude person who said that she looked 35 instead of the 30 that she is. Um, She keeps trying to downplay this whole situation, acting so confused as to why this situation got so out of hand and why people are so interested in why she would do something like that. Um, She gets real kooky and she tries to bring in um, mass shootings into the situation and says she (laughs) tried to she tried to Google how many um, mass shootings there have been um, and then says that there was some confusion as to how many there were. But then she reveals that she tried to ask Alexa. And then she feels like Alexa got cagey about her answer. And she feels like that might be because she is being wiretapped. So. And then she really tries to give us a mic drop moment by saying, 
would you rather have had me sneak into the school or would you rather have somebody take their second amendment right to the extreme? Um, yeah, I guess if I had to pick between like your weird ass pretending to be your daughter and a person gunning down and murdering a bunch of people, I guess I would definitely pick you, Casey, but also like those don't have to be the choices. What (laughs) people it's not like we have a rampant problem with people going into a school and shooting. Usually school shooters are students. (laughs) So what you sneaking in isn't really going to stop or prove a point of mass shootings, Casey, but you're trying. You're really trying. Once again, she says the principal is the most wonderful person she knows. She loves the school district. She loves the school system. She is perfectly happy. Again, no no catalyst whatsoever that made her do this. And she says that she's sorry that it had to be that school. But it's like, you didn't have to do this, girl. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry you guys had to be the one that I chose to um, sneak into. I'm so sorry because you guys clearly did nothing to deserve it because I've said repeatedly that you got everybody in the school system and that school in particular is great. So she ends by saying that she wants to call for more metal detectors. But what does that have to do with you sneaking in and acting like your daughter? The metal detectors aren't going to notice what? Um, elevated progesterone rates? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> hormones i i mean what what do you think the metal detector is going to pick up on that is going to notice if it's somebody's mom or not casey girl girl all right so i have not talked about this whole dina manzo caroline manzo drama but i'm ready and i'm here and you know i like to see a story to at least it's near completion before i really speak on it but this shit with Albie is a bridge too far. So for those of you guys who don't know, Dina and Caroline Manzo were two housewives of, uh, real housewives of New Jersey. They're biological sisters, but also they were at one point like sisters in law because they had married brothers. Um, Dina has since divorced that guy, Tommy, who is Caroline's brother-in-law. So in 2017, And shout out to Dan and Brendan of Come Through Queen who pinpointed this would have happened around the same time that Dina was in town for Lauren, Caroline's daughter, Dina's niece's wedding. So back in 2017, there is a break-in that happens when she and her now husband, David, go back to their home. At about 11 o'clock, two masked men came to the home Um, she was punched. Her husband was beat with a bat. She has had to have reconstructive surgery on her face. Like it is a whole, just a horrific, terrifying, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be in that situation, situation. I mean, I just, just a horrifying nightmare of a situation. So it had come out that the person who had hired the hitman was her ex-husband, Tommy. Um, he has been, uh, arraigned on that and he was arrested he's pled guilty or excuse me not guilty to all charges but here's like if it couldn't get fucked up enough 
that your ex-husband would hire hitmen to try to attack you and your then boyfriend now husband like disgusting there have been drama there's been drama between caroline and dina they have not been speaking they've been estranged for years now this is stuff that has come out that kind of aligned with the season first season of the show um there's been a lot of like questions in the housewives and the bravo community why can't these two figure it out and make amends with each other now I have to tell you guys, I have been a Caroline Manzo apologist for the longest time. I didn't care. I was calling for her return back to the show. I thought she brought a lot of heart to the beginning. The first first two seasons of The Real Housewives of New Jersey, I found her family to be heartwarming. I even watched Manzo with Children with not the hatred that I would have had if I had been watching Don't Be Tardy. Like... I enjoyed their family dynamic. I really liked them. Even when people were saying, boo, hiss, get them out of here. I don't want to see these ne'er-do-wells play the ham game with their mom at 25. Fair. But I wanted them back. I wanted Caroline specifically back on my screen. But now she has done something that I just cannot abide by, which is that Tommy... The attacker, or the person who hired the attacker, needed character witnesses and people to write statements about who he is as a man, and who wrote a glowing character witness, but none other than Caroline Manzo. The, are you serious? Like, I can't even imagine what a betrayal, even if I, like, I have sisters, I have two sisters, even if I had not spoken to my sisters in years, if I had been attacked, um, I feel very confident that they would not be writing a glowing character review of the person who wanted me, basically wanted me dead, right? Or at very least uh, severely injured. So here's to where we go to the present, right? So for those of you who don't know, um, Albie has a podcast. And I know that most of you probably didn't know that because who wants to, I mean, even as a Caroline apologist, like, I don't want to listen to anything that Albie has to do. I don't care. I do not care. And I certainly do not want to listen to his podcast. So he clearly is, in my experience with this podcast, Albie really has nothing to talk about, like nothing as a podcaster. The last time I heard his podcast, which was maybe like at the beginning of when I did my podcast or started this podcast, um, the intro Like, as a podcaster and as a person who loves podcasts, like, I have a lot of opinions about other podcasters and podcasts and stuff that I'm not going to get into, but I will talk about Albie's because it's a flop, is that his whole intro, and like, again, I have not heard it in a couple years, so maybe it's changed, but his whole intro was, like, a minute long, and it was, like, you know when you're hearing a commercial for, you know, like if you're listening to, you know, like a podcast network, like an Earwolf or a Headgum, they'll do little commercials for other podcasts, you know, before or right after you listen to the one that you're actually listening to. So in that, in those like little snippets, they'll play, you know, little short clips, teaser clips to make you seem like, oh, you get the vibe of what the podcast is. Is it funny? Is it serious? Is this person, is the host... Um, you know, really smart and knowledgeable. Are they charming? Are they 
you know, whatever. So his intro to his own podcast are these like teaser clips of things that he's talked about, but they're the most boring little snippet clips of like, I don't know who would want to listen to this at all. Anyway, I, it seems like Albie really doesn't have anything to talk about. He's not anything. (laughs) He's not a personality. Not everybody needs a podcast, you guys. And I stand by that. Like, I, you know, if somebody wanted to pay me a healthy sum, I would take myself out of the game. But that hasn't happened yet. So... I just think, like, most people don't need podcasts. Most, just because you've been on a show, it doesn't, like, qualify you to host the show. It doesn't qualify you to, like, you know, being a reality star or having been on a reality show is not a qualification for having to have a podcast. I'll just tell you that right now. Like, it takes work. It takes consistency. And these people think that they could just like hop on a mic and talk about whatever and it'll be so fun. And oh, you know, like we'll talk about all of these like lame topics that every other podcast talks about. And then, and then what are you to do at the six week mark? Once you've talked about relationships and money and, you know, friendships and sex, you know, it's like all after all of those like big buzz conversations, like what do you talk about? And that's why all these podcasts tend to end or fail point being his podcast in my experience has been a flop and i'm sorry to say that because like people shouldn't have to listen to that you can do better you know um it seems like he only like he uses his mom for hits and that i don't like either like if you have to use your mom who's not really had a show in years to get clout, then like, don't do a podcast. So anyway, he felt the need to address why his mother, why Caroline would write a good character witness statement um, against her own sister, basically. So he says, my mother wrote a later letter based on the character as we know him. The facts as we've seen him, as we know him in his life, is he a threat to society? The answer is no. We believe the answer is no. He went on to explain that even though the family is estranged from Dina, they still believe whoever is responsible for attacking her should be behind bars. So they basically don't believe that Tommy did this. And they are like trying to get off on the technicality of like, well, we know him to be a good person. And I just feel like that's so lame. That's so lame. Like, that is so vile and low down. And like, again, I don't care how long it is, how long it's been since they have not spoken. I don't care, like, the real deep down reason why they don't fuck with each other. Who cares? She got viciously attacked. Like, that is the point where, as a family member, it, a miss, um, let me tell you something about my family, we're as thick as thieves, is where you lay down your sword and whatever bullshit was happening to make you guys stop talking in the first place, let that go. But now this is like really on some like fuck you forever shit. Like I feel some type of way about Caroline doing this and I'm not even in this family (laughs) and I'm heated. How could she do this to us? How could she do this to her sister? I, it is going to have to be some like 
out, I mean, out of the water. If, if the feds believe that he did this, he did that shit. He did that shit. And so stay out of it. Like there was no, the problem for me is that like, there was no, um, reason why she had to do this. Like what would have been the consequence to her just being like, I don't really want to, you know, this is involves my sister and you know, you know, I care about you, but like this just at the very least, just be like, this isn't a good look for me. You know, <laughs> like the public is going to catch up on this and they're going to be like, damn, look at you, you ratty asshole bitch. Like, why could you, how could you do this to your sister? Estranged or not? Why would you just be like, I, I, I want to stay out of it. Like, let my husband write it about his, you know, or anybody else. Like the kid, if the kids want to write it, fine. I, but I would have advised my children on the same. I don't know. It's just like, if he wanted to write that about his brother. Caroline's husband, Albert Sr., wanted to write that about his brother, fine. But you, Caroline really should have stayed out of that shit. And I don't like that she did that. I really don't. I really don't. Okay, let's move on. All right, so as most of you guys well know, Seeking Sister Wife, the TLC show, has been my new latest binge watch and obsession. I just go up for that show so much. It is the perfect amount of messy. And when TLC gets messy, right, they don't do it better than anybody else. And that is what Seeking Sister Wife has been for me. So the third season just ended. And there was a couple featured on season three, who are named Tasha and Sidian, but I named them Guyliner and Squeaky, as in Squeaky From. Yes, the Squeaky From that you're thinking about. Um, they have been, out of the several couples featured on season three, probably one of the more uh, laid back, calm, not too sensational couples. However, stories have been coming out recently and oh boy, are they a wild, wild ride. So I had been asking the question of what happened to this mysterious first wife. So for those of you who don't watch the show, Sidney and Natasha had in, been introduced to us as a couple who had, um, obviously they were open to polygamy. They were seeking another wife, but they had had sort of an interesting backstory in that Sidney had been previously married. He has three children. Tasha had been introduced to the family as, you know, a potential what we thought Tasha had been introduced to the family as a potential sister wife. And they were sort of vague about what happened there. However, um, Tasha moved in. Things didn't work well with the first wife. Um, Tasha ended up moving out so they could figure things out. And then the first wife ended up breaking up with Sidian and Tasha moved back in to reignite her relationship with Sidian. So my question this whole time is because they have been painting their relationship as like, you know, their original threesome relationship is like, oh, it was so great. We had such a fun time. But like, oh, you know, she decided to leave. But like, it was just so great. Right. So I'm thinking, obviously, there's got to be more to the situation. What happened to that first wife? And oh, boy, she's spoken out and she has a lot to say. So here comes Jennifer. Jennifer is the mother to 
Sidian's first and third children, there was another child conceived in between those belonging to a different woman, something that was not told to us on the show. So last week it had come out that Tasha and Jennifer had been arrested on the same day about five years ago. I think it was 2016. And people assumed that this was probably had something to do with why the first wife left. Like maybe there was some drama between them and, you know, they both charged each other on separate things. You know how these sorts of things go. Right. So Jennifer spoke out on a YouTube channel that was discussing those two arrests. And here's what she had to say. Jennifer says, first wife here, never married. However, the two charges were unrelated. Mine was for petty theft. Tasha's was due to her not returning a car that did not belong to her. Seems like maybe, well, then she corrects herself that she might be incorrect as to what Tasha was uh, arrested for, that maybe it was a laptop. Um, Not spoiler alert. This is just real life, right? (laughs) Turns out that it actually was Tasha had, um, taken a laptop from a person that she was living with and those details are shaky. It seems like that roommate wanted to drop the charges, but wasn't able to, maybe it was just like some misunderstanding, something that had gotten, uh, overhyped. Jennifer goes on to say that she had no idea that they had gotten arrested around the same time until like a while later, but that their arrests had nothing to do with each other. Um, then she goes on to air all of Tasha's dirty laundry. She says that, um, a stranger reached out to her about, and this stranger had alleged that Tasha had assaulted her outside of a bar. And so she hit this Jennifer chick up to try and figure out where Tasha was. Um, this girl had a history with Tasha. Apparently Tasha had stolen a credit card from this chick, um, several personal items, blah, blah, blah. Allegedly, Tasha had body shamed this woman that she had stolen from years ago. And after the girl, after a friend of that girl that Tasha body shamed, tried to, you know, insert herself in the situation and try to, you know, have a feminist, like women shouldn't tear down other women moment. Um, Tasha apparently backhanded her. Which is not funny. Assault is not funny, you guys. But if you know what Tasha looks like and how she acts, it's just like imagining her doing a full Kristen Doty, um, Stassi style backhand to somebody is, uh, seems very improbable. Tasha is extremely mild mannered to the point where you almost wonder if there was some like quaaludes involved. Like it's almost like a Duggar like, I'm kind of you know, just floating slightly above my body situation. She just seems very, uh, I always say that like her relationship with City Ann is weird because she's so very into the sister wives, not in a horny way. Although I could understand why you would get confused about that, but she almost treats City Ann like her big brother, like her big brother who like Tasha's a nerd, Sidian's a big brother who like kind of got cute in his junior year and like he's able to date like really pretty popular girls and so like Tasha's just that nerdy girl little sister who's like oh my gosh look at he my brother's dating the head cheerleader wow like she almost seems like envious of his life and his ability to date these women it's very strange 
Anyway, Jennifer alleges that Tasha called her probation officer to tell, to like snitch on her and say that she had been drinking alcohol while she was on probation. She had been sending screenshots of Facebook messages of hers that allegedly they had hacked into her face account and a Facebook account and like were sending screenshots to people and yeah, at that point, the girl who reached out to Jennifer, she was like, yeah, fuck this bitch. Tasha had done a bunch of dirty shit to me, so I'll, I'll tell you where she is. So Jennifer says that her charge was the result of the mental breakdown she experienced a couple months after Sidian randomly moved Tasha in, who she had only met once prior. So this does not... This tells a very different story to the, oh, we had all made the conscious decision to have an open relationship and question mark, question mark, question mark happened. So then she goes on to say, to clarify, I was in no way interested in polygamy or even polyamory the 10 years that City and I were together. Um, City and very early on demanded more or less once demanded a more or less one-sided open relationship once I had my eldest child at the start of the relationship. As the years went on, I was able to disengage and for the most part ignore his constant need to sleep around. That was until he moved the girl in he was working with at the time who had been blowing him in the workplace bathroom. Shout out to you, Tasha. <laughs> at first, desperate for friendship or really any kind of connection, I threw myself into befriending Tasha. Even so, seeing my ex be so attentive and focused on someone else made it so I couldn't ignore the disparity and coldness he treated me with, and I suddenly found I could no longer sleep. In an effort to sleep, I turned to NyQuil, which turned to Ativan, which was what I was on when I decided to shoplift clothing from a department store. After I was arrested, I called Sidian, who immediately let me know how disposable I was. I was absolutely blown away when I found out he had placed my bail, as he had indicated he was not. A short time later, Tasha informed us she was moving out, skipping out on three months of rent, of course, and my ex blamed me entirely. She reappeared once I left to see a friend out of state and was there every single time after that I attended, attempted to figure out how to mend my very broken relationship by that point, defending Sid. She was pregnant at that point, a surprise to me as Sidian had promised he was using protection to protect me. A lie. After years of berating me about how I quote ruined my life by making ruined his life by making him a father, I was there when I found out he had gotten Tasha pregnant. He jumped for joy. It was like a dagger to the heart and a slap in the face all in one. Why am I coming forward now? I just found out he had moved my children seven hours away. I am devastated. The story is long and horrible, but I'm not going to lie down and let the both of them villainize me anymore and rewrite the truth to glorify their evil behavior. It is a very long story and I won't be silenced anymore. Tasha actually responded to these posts and said, this is false information. It's also not helpful to your custody case. Please consider the group therapy that's been offered or go to mediation that the court was ordered. Um, she didn't say anything beyond that. Uh, wow. Wild, wild ride. Jenny has also um, started a GoFundMe for legal fees so she could get the custody of her kids back to the tune of $20,000. And, you know, it sounds shady to say this, but it's just the truth that in two days, it only raised $20 out of the $20,000. Um, sad. Sad. 
In the GoFundMe description, she offers a little bit more information about her situation, how she and Sidian had met when she turned 18. Um, she got pregnant nine months later, and she really wanted Sidian to be a present uh, father for their children, but he was very abusive and toxic for the next decade, and he demanded a one-sided open relationship very on or very early on and she ignored this but it also she had a mental breakdown and the relationship broke up after Tasha had moved into their home she also kind of hints that she had lost her job due to COVID and quickly lost her home and her car she alleges that maybe Sidian um, had something to do with her losing her house because he said something like he had done like an I'm going to ruin your life threat um, that after she had, you know, fallen on hard times due to COVID that he had gone into file for full custody of the children and he is doing all he can to call her a drug addict and all sorts so that he can keep the children. Um, she says that she has not seen their kids in 10 months and all of this stuff. Now here's I mean, I don't really want to say anything about this Jennifer chick, but what I will say is that from what we see of the kids, we don't see them very often, but they do seem like older children. These children aren't like, you know, five and six years old. These are like tween and teenage children, children that I would imagine would have the court's ear and would the courts would be listening to them as terms of like what they who they want to live with. Um, clearly, like, I'm not saying that it's out of the realm of possibility that these kids could be brainwashed and could be manipulated into disliking their mom for whatever reason or thinking that she's things that she's not. Um, but I think that they are also kind of on the older side and I just feel like they have the choice to stay with their mom. Uh, they just don't seem so young that they, they, the kids both seem old enough to be making their own decisions as to who they want to be staying with. That That's all I will say. All right, moving on to another piece of news that I found incredibly interesting and LOL worthy. <laughs> um, if you guys don't know, like I am extremely online Twitter version. Like Twitter is my, the social media app for me. It is my go-to. I'm not super on Instagram too much, but follow me at everyone's business with mine because I do post. I just like, I have not posted on my personal Instagram I actually might post later today, but I have not posted since the election. So <laughs> just just put it put it that way. Um, I love Twitter, and so because of that, I'm familiar with these Twitter personalities. Now there have been what I don't really have a name for it, but through the Trump era, there have been a crop of these Twitter personalities who um, have gotten a lot of clout, a lot of money, a lot of notoriety off of being, um, very like hashtag resistance, like hashtag, you know, vote him out. And it's not clearly you guys, I am not, will never be a Trump supporter. Clearly. Um, with that being said, there's also this like very weird personality of people who, 
have found a way to capitalize off of like being left wing. And that to me is also weird. And Yashar is one of those people. Now, a lot of people know Yashar. A lot of people follow him. He is like really into elephants. He is really into political commentary. Um, He is like the go-to. And I don't want to say he's like an entirely bad guy. He has broken a lot of stories. He has lifted the veil off of a lot of situations and he has gotten the scoop on a lot of things, good things. He was um, really led the charge with that whole uh, Sharon Osbourne and uh, a situation that happened with the talk and, or is it the real, the talk, the talk. Um, and, a couple other things. He's also like known sort of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge for being close friends with Chrissy Teigen. Like he kind of comes off as like a clout chasing kind of dude. And it's just very interesting. So this LA magazine wrote an article about him, who he is. Another infamous thing about Yashar is his profile picture (laughs) because And there are, like, conversations to be had about possible body shaming. However, I think it is not unfair to say if the pictures that we see of Yashar on television doing interviews and clips and things like that versus his profile picture are um, two two very different pictures. Two, um, you know, one might look at one picture and think that it would be hard to go from point A to point B. We'll just say that. The reason why Yashar is such a divisive figure is because there are so many people who love him, think that he can do no wrong, that think everything he tweets is gold, and that he's just awesome. Whereas there are a lot of people, specifically people in media, who really find his presence on the app to be very confusing, to be uh, mysterious in a sketchy way, and just like, just very, very curious. So the LA Magazine article describes him as part investigative journalist, part gossip columnist, and part trusted confidant. Ali has a uniquely um, 21st century media personality, an openly gay Iranian-American convert to Catholicism who claims he attends mass three times a week. He sends out an average of 60 tweets a day, a manic jumble of jokes, news bites, and gossipy commentary about politics, media, aviation, safety, the royal family, Scientology, gay heartthrobs, wildlife preservation, and bathlinens. He seems to be... How do you say? Like, in terms of his resume, he seems to, like, tout that he's a contributor to New York Magazine and Huffington Post, but his byline shows up infrequently. Um, instead, he breaks his biggest stories on Twitter and in his Substack newsletter, unencumbered by the fact-checking and legal vetting required by many news organizations. And while some of his methods may seem suspect to traditionalists, he has nonetheless won the admiration of the biggest stars in the media business. I asked him to suggest a few acquaintances who may may comment about him and he replied by sending a spreadsheet listing the personal emails and cell phone numbers of more than 40 bold-faced names including busy phillips mandy moore kristen davis along with uh pierce morgan uh megan mccain abby huntsman and irena berganti who is a the head of communications at fox news there's a 
absolutely uh, chilling <laughs> um, job description, if I've ever heard one. Um, also on the list is CNN President Jeff Zucker. Uh, obviously, like I said, Chrissy Teigen is on there. Um, they do roast him a little bit about his profile picture. He says, Today in a dusky dusky skied afternoon in May, he's dressed in an oversized gray t-shirt, blue sweatpants, and the same San Francisco 49ers cap he sports in his youthful Twitter profile photo, which looks like it might have been snapped for his high school yearbook. Now, earlier in the article, they list him at 41. So to say that this picture, it looks youthful and like it may have been taken um, more than 20 years ago, that's a read. <laughs> um, it goes on to say that he swears it was just taken taken just before the pandemic. Um, the article goes on to say that he rarely consents to interviews and ignored several requests before consenting to meet with them two times over three months. There are very few pictures of him on the internet, and he darkens his silhouette during online appearances. He required that all of his on-the-record quotes be pre-approved and firmly rejected, a photo shoot claiming he didn't want to be recognized by Scientologists. <laughs> um, but the church isn't the only one on his trail. We're reporting the story. He was contacted. The writer was contacted by a well-known private investigator who was digging into Ali's past on behalf of another client. So it goes on to talk about how he's sort of managed to attach himself to these wealthy, powerful people, how a lot of people don't even really know him like they ask jake tapper on the record how do you know him and he says that's a really good question how do i know yashar i couldn't tell you how we met but suddenly he was a presence in my life a wonderful one it just feels like he's always been in my life but i don't know that i've ever met him in person now when i'm reading this article about him about how he sort of like gets under people's skin and how he like makes a place and a life in their lives, it sounded very much like Sam Lufty, the guy who had, you know, when Brittany was going through her hardest times, he was always around as her like friend and mentor and like boss or whatever. But there was just something very uneasy and creepy about how he was able to ingratiate himself in Brittany's life and how he just created himself. Like he created a need for himself in her life and it's just a very strange thing for an adult to do to another adult unless they are in a relationship with them or they are a ward of the state of which Sam Lefty was not qualified to be take you know <laughs> he wasn't qualified to be doing that to anybody Yashar has made claims of being, um, you know, part of a wealthy Iranian family even though he has been in a lot a lot of financial uh, hardships on his own. He never went to college. He started off working as a production assistant on ER and Chicago Hope. He moved into politics. He ended up working on Gavin Newsom's campaign when he was the um, when he was still in San Francisco in 2008. Um, he ended up making a bunch of enemies during that time. He tried to take over Gavin Newsom's social media cha channels. He was like really cagey about giving out the passwords to people who needed it. He was just like very off-putting to people. 
So then this job within the Newsom campaign gave him access to a bunch of, you know, wealthy and powerful people. He then met a woman named Susie Tompkins Buell, who is the billionaire co-founder of Esprit and the North Face. Um, Yashar ended up meeting her and somehow he ended up moving into one of her homes and crashing into a pen, crashing in one of her penthouses. Um, she, he then ended up meeting, um, Ariana Getty, who was a member of the Getty family, just like a crazy oil tycoon family. And then their friendship went down the tubes when Ollie started borrowing money from her, like in the six figure, I think it was like $180,000. And then here's what gets most interesting to me is the Kathy Griffin era, if you will. So he ended up like burning all of his bridges in San Francisco. And in 2017, he's meeting Kathy Griffin. Now we all know that at 2017, Kathy Griffin's career was down bad after she did that photo shoot holding like a buddy Donald Trump head. Like the people went crazy. People were trying to shoot her and kill her. She ended up getting fired from CNN. Now she's got that whole beef with Andy and Anderson Cooper. And then Kathy reached out to Yashar. They ended up realizing that they had gone to the same high school and they ended up really connecting to one another. And once again, he went from friend to sort of unofficial, unofficial advisor and shadow publicist. He um, helped Kathy introduce her to people who could like be sympathetic to her and put her career on the right track and like, you know, start changing the dialogue around Kathy after that scandal. So Yashar said in 2018 that he was coming to LA and Kathy ends up inviting him to stay at her home. So the article says, playing a similar role for Griffin that he played for Newsom and Buell, Ali, um, the became the comics con, excuse me Ali became the comics confidant slash executive assistant though he was never on Griffin's payroll he took an active role in managing Griffin's social media accounts helped her set up a merchandise company and came to her defense in a property dispute by posting an embarrassing audio clip of a wealthy neighbor's screaming expletives I remember that clip and thinking it was wild now Kathy like years ago had had like a bunch of issues with her next door neighbor and he I think was like being loud all the time so yeah when that clip came out that came out of Yashar of uh the neighbor like being really nasty to Kathy so then um he even made a brief cameo in keeping up with the Kardashians or Christmas special which Kathy was there as a guest because she was neighbors with Kim and Kanye at the time um somebody managed to find a screenshot of him <laughs> on that Christmas special and it's hilarious because like everybody you can see everybody's face but his it's completely burnt out. Um, he did Griffin's grocery shopping and cooking jobs that usually fell to her paid staff. In exchange, she let him live in her home rent free and let him one of her cars. Um, he claims that he was there for six months. Her camp is claiming he was there for nine months. Um, apparently, as the months wore on, Yashar became increasingly reclusive, holing up in his bedroom and rarely leaving the house. Staff members assumed he was busy writing, but people around Griffin grew concerned when he started receiving official government mail at her home address. One evening in the fall of 2018, Griffin invited journalist Joan Walsh um, for dinner to her house. After Ali made an appearance, Walsh became began probing Griffin about the nature of her relationship with him. 
Walsh says she got the sense that Griffin wanted Ali to leave, but was too intimidated to force the issue. I completely believe that he was, that she was uncomfortable and maybe even afraid. And I sympathize with her, says Walsh. After listening to Griffin's story and seeing her evident anxiety, Walsh told her host, Kathy, you've got yourself a grifter. You have to get him out of there. It would take several more months, but she finally, he moved out in 2019. And she even had two male assistants help oversee the packing of his belongings. They ordered him an Uber and sent him out of way on his way. He claims that he only stayed there because she urged him to, and he left of his own volition and that she even threw a going away party for him when he moved out. Kathy declined to speak about it on record. However, a representative for the comedian offered a statement on her behalf, which is sometimes you make a new friend and that friend turns out to be quite a different person than you thought they were. The article goes on to talk about how basically Yashar has very poor boundaries. And when he feels like he's being slighted by somebody, he will go to lengths to make sure that they go down and that they have their careers stuck in the mud. And this is just like a very, very strange thing. Now, this is going to be a very touchy issue, which is that lately, well, in the week, I would say, leading up to y- this article drop, Yashar had been ho- posting a series of tweets talking about how he had had, um, I believe he called it passive suicidal ideation, in which he was talking about how he would go to bed wishing that he didn't wake up the next day. And so a lot of people were concerned and this these tweets went on basically every day for about a week and then it stopped i think maybe the day before this article came out leading a lot of people to wonder about the timing of all of this i'm not going to get into that i'm just saying what happened and what the streets are saying um but i would highly encourage you guys to check out that la magazine article if you've ever seen him and been curious about like who is that elephant guy this is a very interesting article that may actually leave more questions than answers, but it's interesting nonetheless. And I highly recommend you check it out. Um, With that, you guys, the episode is going to be ending. I talked to dear friend, Christine Bianca Villa about keeping up with the Kardashians, the Caesar series finale hopes for the future, etc. It was a great conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, If you are able to give me a five-star review and Apple podcast, check it out. And if you want to check out my Patreon, it's at patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. This week, this Wednesday, I will be recapping the Housewife and the Hustler Hulu special all about Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. But there's so much in there about a year's worth of content that you can check out. So yeah patreon.com slash ebbm podcast and also you guys i don't know if people like very diligently look at the episode descriptions but i in every episode post a link to um a link tree of all of my social media and you guys can find me there the patreon's on there as well so check it out all right you guys i'll check you i'll be back gosh this is my first week where i don't have a wednesday episode uh what a treat okay I'll be back with you guys on Friday for a Real Houses of New York and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you okay living your life like this? How long is this going to be? I just feel like I'm really over it with my family enabling Scott because they don't know all of the details. You guys usually agree with him and you're like, yes, Courtney, what is she doing? I can sympathize now with what she is expressing to us, but I feel that she needs to have a conversation with Scott as well. Deep down, I like to hear them say, mm-hmm. we want you to be with our sister too. You guys, it's the absolute end of an era after 20 seasons, one sex tape, billions of dollars. Keeping up with the Kardashians has ended. And who better to join me than Christine Bianca Villa, like internet maven and just like all around angel. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, What a dream. Let's talk keeping up. Have you been... Have you seen every episode, do you think, or just about? Uh, honestly, yeah, just about. Um, because I like when it was originally airing, um, yeah, like I watched it in real time since season one. And I was yeah. just so captivated by these people. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk to me, like, how are you feeling about them now? 2021 Kardashians. What do you think? What are you yeah. feeling? So I kind of sometimes like get at odds with how I feel about them because there are like, of course, there's always going to be like something like problematic, like not everyone's perfect. There's been some like, you know, just especially like that there was like that phase when Chloe promoted like all the flat tummy tees. I was like, this is not a good era for us. Um, And like, so I've gone like they've had their ups and downs and but honestly, I'm just still so amazed by how they were able to, like, build this entire empire. Like, yes, they had, like, money growing up. But, like, all of this is, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, they're the, they're the like, first family of reality television. Like, it's so insane to me that they have all of these businesses. And, like, they're probably, like, arguably the most, some of the most famous people in the world. Like, they're so global. Um, It's just so crazy that, that they've come so far. Yeah, I saw a post the other day, like maybe maybe it was like the day that the series finale aired and they were like, oh, I have never watched an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I'm like, OK, well, that's fine. But you definitely felt the impact of them. So. Right, right. Even right, <laughs> like, exactly. Even if you've never seen an episode, like everyone knows who they are. 
Everyone knows who they are. We have, like, as a culture, been so deeply affected and impacted by this family. It's actually, like, once we pull it back and really look at what they've done, (laughs) it's shocking. Right. It's insane. Like, sometimes I look up at the sky and I'm like, holy shit, we're on a planet and we're very small. (laughs) And it's kind of... So let's talk about the series finale, which I, and I think everybody felt like was sort of a non-event, like for all that this should have been, like it really wasn't like the drama, the pomp and circumstance really wasn't there. Yeah, it wasn't, I think like, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't as like more dramatic or like. I don't know. It like even though it was a finale, it didn't feel like that final. It really didn't. And I wonder if it's the Hulu of it all, like the Yeah. Hulu, maybe they're just like, eh, you know, like we're not really going to be out of the game. It's just going to be different. So maybe they're not feeling right. all that sick about it. Like what do you think they're going to do with Hulu? I don't know. I'm so con- like cuz it's a I mean they have obviously a deal with them. Do do we do, do we know for how long it is or I don't know if they said that. Um I'm not sure, but would you be open to seeing like a retooled version of the keeping I mean, up? At this point, I I just can't picture it on anything else like except for E and like I, I just think it would be a little strange. I mean, because also, like, this was such a, like, big deal that, like, this was season 20. Like, th- they're saying goodbye. Like, all everything that they did, like, with the crew and everything, just to go to, like, another network or a streaming service. I'm like, it just doesn't, I don't know. Like, something feels weird about it to me. I don't know yeah. what it's going to be. My first thought was, like, oh, maybe it's going to be something, like, where they go follow them like individually like what if it's Chloe like in Boston or like if they go kind of like a when they did the Courtney and Kim or Courtney and Chloe take Miami like those sort Mm -hmm. of things Mm -hmm. because I can't see it being like a whole family affair on Hulu like that's just the same thing yeah I agree like clearly Kylie is not interested in being on TV anymore yeah she's like I'm done you guys got what you needed (laughs) I'm going to be sitting here for the rest of these lives and the rest of my life in these damn turtlenecks. And yeah. <laughs> let me know if you need any more lip kits. Exactly. Um, <laughs> this whole season to me felt like they realized it was like all the cast members realizing that they like didn't want to talk about their personal shit. Yeah. And that made for like a really kind of lame season i mean i liked the like nori's black book reveal of it all that was the best (laughs) that was probably the best episode (laughs) it really was um i mean there were like definitely good moments but then it's like why are we watching them play charades in this episode right and i I think yeah go ahead oh no and i think that's honestly like that it makes sense why they ended it because listen if you're not ready I mean, if you're not still willing to do everything you did, like season one, two, three, those early seasons, like where we literally knew everything about them, I'm like, okay, then what's the point? So I hope, yeah. So now I don't know like what the Hulu thing would even be about because. Yeah. Like Chloe's like, y'all aren't going to keep clowning me about Tristan. Okay. I'm going to yeah. stay with him. I'm going to be the one with clown makeup on my face. So yeah. 
me hear exactly. it. Exactly. Right. But she's like, but I don't want to hear it from anyone. Like, do not bring it up. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So the beginning of the episode is like a cliffhanger ending of the episode before where Kim is like, okay, Courtney, literally, what are you going to do with Scott? Like, we're done talking about this. Make a decision. Mm-hmm. I feel a little bit like this is kind of bullshit because given the timeline, she almost certainly had Travis's penis inside of her. And we know that Amelia and Scott were probably fucking at this point. So it's like, uh, okay, are we going to have this conversation? Like, we already know what happened. Right. Like, we know how it ends. Like, we're we're living in it right now. I know. And I think they do it just, like, even, like, in those, um, like, they do it almost just to do it, like, when they had Courtney and Co- Scott, like, staying at the house alone, like, in the beginning yes. of the, ep- like, this season. I was, like, I feel like we know, like, we know this is not real. Like, do we even have to say this? Like, they're both with other people. I totally agree. It's just kind of, like, like what is it beating a dead horse is that what the saying is like it's just like we know what's happening um how do you feel about Courtney and Travis well I (laughs) the other day she posted reposted his story of like a vial of his blood and I think that's when I was like what is what is going on I was so bad yeah I'm like what's happening here? Like I saw that. And I think that was when I was like, all right, enough, enough is enough. I'm very happy that she's happy. And like, they seem like they're very in love and I'm just glad that they're happy together. But I was like, what are, what the blood just sent me over the edge. I was like, what is this? Why am I looking at this? See, for me, it was like a month ago when Travis was um, posting lyrics from the cure. I'm like, Okay. And like, pictures of and I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'm out. No. I really wasn't in to begin with, but now oh, I'm definitely right. Out. Right. Were <laughs> we ever like in on it? I don't think so, but <laughs> I don't think so. Do you, what are your predictions for Courtney and Travis? Do you think they're going to go all the way? Because I feel like this is like a asteroid in the sky. Like it's going to burn hot and fast. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Even either we're going to get like a baby and a marriage out of this or it's going to be like a really weird breakup. Yeah. I was actually thinking about the other day. I was like, if they break up, it is going to be the most insane thing. Like, I feel like they're both going to be like, just like depressed, upset. Like they're both so like emotional because Courtney, like normally isn't like, like we never see her emotions. So it's weird because, like, she's, like, bearing all for us with Travis. I'm like, this is, like, another side to her, which is, I'm like, oh, maybe she, like, finally, like, feels like herself or something. And, like, maybe it will last. But I don't know. I think I agree. It's either going to go great, this is forever, like, or it's going to be the the weirdest breakup in history. Because it's, like, I don't know. I used to be, I used to always, like, hope her hope that her and Scott would get back together but that ship has is long gone so yeah and honestly like Courtney should probably play it straight because I'm terrified of Alabama Barker and (laughs) (laughs) yes terrified (laughs) (laughs) so Courtney's telling the sisters like listen I have had this conversation with Scott many a time he has not done this one mysterious thing 
that seems to me like it's got to be something something to do with like his sobriety because Chloe at one point says like oh he needs to be consistent for a year which seems mm. like a sobriety thing to me yeah um, what it kind of makes me sad for him not so much her but more him that like if he just like the idea of somebody like you could have your family, you could have your baby mama, you could have the kids, like you could have this complete life and like you just need to be consistently sober and you can't do that. Then that's like really sad. Yeah, it is. It It is sad. And like when you because clearly he like want like it feels like or at least, you know, in a few years ago, it seems like that was all he wanted was just like to be with Courtney again, have a full family like. Like, and all of this, and it is, it is sad when you think about it. It's like, cause Courtney is like fine, kind of like, like she has this one thing and I feel like she set the precedent and like, now she's like moving on with her life. But like for him, I feel like it's sad. It's, it's really sad. And like, I don't know why he can't do that. I mean, it's of course like a, a sickness or something like, but, but still, and then you wonder like what these like. Sophia, I actually like them together, but, like, what is he doing with um, Amelia Gray Hamlin? Like, what what's happening? Honestly. Like, is he sitting there having conversations with Harry? Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, really, what could they possibly be talking about? I, 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 I mean, and that picture that he posted on Instagram of her and that thong was, like... Like, reaching up to grab... I was like, what? <laughs> Maybe that was because Courtney posted the vial of blood. He was like, okay, I gotta get back some. <laughs> Probably. Um, so, what happens after that? So, Kim's like, you know, because of the things that I've been going through, I kind of have only now, after all of these years, <laughs> have have decided to empathize with Courtney <laughs> because I'm going through my own shit. Right, <laughs> finally. She's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> Um, like I said, Kylie shows up to that Lake Tahoe Real Housewives of Beverly Hills house, and we have to watch them play charades. I fast forwarded right through this because <laughs> I just value time. Like truly, like, do I need to watch them somebody mime out Kylie getting LASIK surgery? Like they weren't even talking about like good memorable moments on the show. Right, like that time Kim got a fish pedicure. Wow. Oh my God. Like, right. Like, can we really do, can we could do better than that? <laughs> we could do so much better. Why don't you do the moment where you're crying in your makeup chair about breaking up with Chris Humphreys? Like, Oh my God. Let's, let's talk about it. You know, <laughs> now we said it. We got, I, I have so many questions. <laughs> now we said it. Um, I don't know who did Kendall's interview makeup, but have you noticed that there's been this trend of like people who well I don't want to insult anybody but I do but I'm not going to of <laughs> this trend of like people transforming their real face into these like Pixar characters have you seen yes that? yes and I don't that's what what's happening of... yeah what's happening I don't get it either <laughs> I don't um there was like a short conversation with Kendall and Kylie about the ending of the show. And I just felt like I would have liked to see more of that because mm -hmm. I think they've benefited more from the show than anybody else. Yeah. And they like, they, I mean, they grew up, we watched them from 10, 11 years old. Like now they're like, like Kylie's mom. Like 
they've really grown up so much. And I would have, I would love to see like more Kylie just like is so interesting to me. Like I want to know yeah, behind the scenes, like just what she's like every day. Um, and yeah, I would have liked that. Like, because yeah, they, they, I mean, we saw them when they were like babies, like li- children, children and all these faces, you know, I can't, I mean, Chloe's a different person. I'm just, I can't. I I really stay up at night sometimes thinking like, we will never know what Kylie should have looked like. We'll never know. We'll never know. (laughs) It's wild. Stay up at night thinking about what she could look like right now. (laughs) Thinking about so many things. Like, I can't believe that. (laughs) I can't believe it. Um, Next, we have this conversation with Tristan and Chloe, and Chloe's, like, trying to act like she's creating boundaries, and she's taking it slow, and, like, you don't go from, like, oh, um, should we have baby, more babies, to, like, oh, I don't know if I should move to Boston for you. Like, you can't, it can't be both. Right. You have to figure it out, and if this is who you want to have, you know, a family with, great, but then you have to loosen on the boundaries because this is going to be the father of more of your children like it it doesn't make sense like it's like a lot of back and forth and I get I'm sure she's like very confused because I mean Tristan is Tristan I'm calling bullshit on this whole thing I think she is fully invested like she always does stupid and she is like totally in on this relationship I think she's just doing it for the cameras to make it seem like she's putting up fight than she is Right. Like kind of being like, because I think if she just went all in every, like we would be like, even the fans would be like, what, what are you doing? Like cheated on you now multiple times. Like, and so, yeah, I feel like, yeah, she's putting, like, she has to kind of, you know, try to put up some sort of wall. Yeah. I mean, this whole conversation about like, we have to make sure you get your apartment together for true. Like, you guys are multimillionaires. It's not like he's got a studio and you have to make sure he's got a pack and play in the corner. Like, <laughs> be fine. Right. Like, you hire people to do that. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so then we see this final conversation with Scott and Courtney. And she's like, listen, I need to stop feeling guilty when the whole family tries to bully me into getting back together with you. And, like, you need to start shutting these down. And I did like Scott admitting that he liked having the family want him to be with her right but that's also like something you need to talk to your therapist about right because that's that's you know a much deeper issue yeah than than it lets on the surface like because it is like it's fun at first like but then it gets serious and I could see like why Courtney's like was upset about it she's like listen this is like and like you go along with it and all of this stuff it's like okay well now enough because I mean now that we know they're both in other relationships and yeah no he needs to he needs to see a few maybe therapists psychiatrists etc etc um yeah I mean do you see a world in which they could get back together honestly like as much as I want to because I really did I loved their like early on relationship as messed up as it was. I just loved it. Mm -hmm. And I loved watching them together. Like when they were younger and he would like, aside from the obvious problems, like I really just thought that they were so great together. So I would, 
but also as much as I would love for them to be together, I don't, I just don't see it happening. I feel like maybe like one day when they're old and like gray and they're like, who do I want to end my life with? Like maybe then, but like right now I feel like they're both just like doing whatever. Yeah. And I wonder like not to give Scott a pass on his perpetually dating teenagers, but I want a lot of that has to do with like, he, I I wonder if like part of him thinks that like, if I, I have a better chance at finding somebody who will be okay with the fact that I'm always around Courtney and her family if they're younger than like yeah. a woman in her 30s, you know, like she would probably have more of an issue with that. And didn't he say that was kind of the reason why he and Sophia broke up is that she was like, yeah, and, and yeah, and I agree with you there because it's like he did say that was like one of the main reasons. And because him and Sophia dated for like a few years. So I feel like in the beginning she was cool with it and then realized like, as she got older too, she was like, Oh, this is, this is too much. So yeah, I feel like the younger girl he has who obviously like, doesn't like for Amelia, like someone who's has never been married, has never had kids before he can kind of put it off like, okay, well, like you've never experienced this. This is normal. This is what has to happen. Mm-hmm. Co-parent. And they don't know any better. Cause they're like, Oh, great. Right. I've never done that. I trust you. And that's that. And then until someone like maybe in their family or like friends tells them like, Hey, this isn't normal. That's when like they realize, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so the girls are in the hot tub at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved Kendall being like, we need to get a ski house in Aspen because we have a beach house. We have a Palm Springs house. We have a ranch. And Kim looks at her and is like, who has a ranch? Because I'm about to break up with Kanye. So <laughs> whose ranch? Not mine. <laughs> Not going to Wyoming. Don't book a ticket right now, Kendall. Um, <laughs> it was as if she had no idea. It was yeah, like, it was. What, what, it was like uh, still getting ranch perks after this divorce is finished girl please right no you're not going over there to ride horses we're not doing that no you're not having lunch with Irina Shake and <laughs> like this isn't happening no um the family has like their final trip champagne fireworks display whatever I mean saying goodbye to the crew moment okay I guess it was supposed to be emotional I felt nothing yeah. <laughs> you know what's fun? I did feel something and I am just a very emotional person that I was just thinking about like the also these the crew and like everyone who has been with them for 20 years. I'm like, what where are they going? Like I'm concerned I'm concerned. I I think about this a lot. Like I imagine in my mind, like production crews are kind of like nomads where they're just like Yeah. Go- there and everywhere and yeah to be on a crew for that long most of those people have been there from the beginning like damn that's like probably a very hard gig to get and especially to lose that in the middle of COVID it's like damn and that's a secure thing like that was they were secured after like what probably like early on after their first few seasons when everyone like was like okay we're all in and now it's like oh shoot like 
finding a new job or like, and yeah, like production is something that's so reliant on like being in person and like all of that. So like, it's, it's right now it's bad. It's sad. It makes me like so sad to think about it, but I'm sure they'll, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Um, <laughs> Chloe goes off to Boston. Great for you. Um, <laughs> Kim finds out that she failed her baby bar again. But then I thought during the scene, first of all, she was makeup free and she looked absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous. But Stunning. They must have filmed the scene kind of recently because she's like, oh, I have a few weeks to do my baby bar again in June, which would be now. Oh, yeah. No, I think I think they probably did. It had to have been recent because she's yeah. probably taking it. Yeah, I mean, it's June now. I hope she yeah. passes. I hope she does too. I, like, I feel for her. <laughs> I I need her to pass. Like I just because I feel like all she taught she's just like always studying and doing this and this. I was like, oh, she'll definitely pass. And like when she didn't, I was like, oh yikes. Like, come on. Yeah, and like everybody needs to get off her jock. Like, she's trying to do something good. Why are we making fun of her for failing? Like Right. What do you want from her? Like you can't <laughs> Like, we can't hate everything that this bitch does. No, right. Do good things, you know? Like, give her something. Like, this is a big deal. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a point where Chloe and Tristan prank called Chris <laughs> to pretend, like, maybe he's cheating. And I feel like that's a little too soon, Tristan. That's an open wound. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're at the LOL portion of this. Yeah. Uh, information, sir. Um, Chris's face on that FaceTime was like trying to figure out what happened. <laughs> I'm just going to stay quiet and watch this man. And just and finger his ass cheeks. Bouncing. Oh my God. And I do like love when they do pranks. I, I, especially the early ones were so funny, but this, I was like, this is a little, it's too close, too close to home right now, at least. Yeah. A little, yeah, girl. No. Um, no. what do you think about Tristan? Well, I don't, I try not to think about him. Like, I'm just like, listen, I'm glad you and Chloe, like, had true, like, that's a blessing. And I almost feel like, I don't know, like, that period of time, like, when the Jordan Wood stuff came out, like, Jordan and Tristan, I remember, like, I I mean, I was captivated by it. Like, that was the only thing I thought about for (laughs) weeks, Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is so insane. Like, and I was so in it that after a few months, I was like, I never want to hear this man's name again because that was so much, like, of my life, of my time. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. So I feel like now, anytime I hear something about him or, like, anything comes out, I'm kind of just like, okay, like, kind of just, like, not, it doesn't, like, I don't think about it. I'm like, okay. You already had my time. You wasted my time once. You're not doing it again. You're not doing this again. No. Um, who do you have like a celebrity in mind that you can think of that you would want Chloe to be with, or even just like a type of person? I don't know. Like, you know what's wild is I loved as I loved her and Lamar together, and of course there were challenges, and but I really loved the two of them. Yeah. So I feel like if it obviously cannot be him, I think he's engaged, right. Or something. Um, I I just broke up with her because she cheated. 
he went on Wendy Williams like a couple months ago and said that she had also hooked up with Tristan at some point. Oh Christ. No, I can't hear that man's <laughs> name anymore. <laughs> I want, I, can you beep bleep Tristan's name out every time in this episode? <laughs> it's like, no, I can't hear it. Oh my God. Poor Lamar. I <laughs> Did you see Lamar fight Aaron Carter last night? No, I just heard about this. I saw who won. Is there a winner? Like, I don't understand these fights that that are happening. Like with the, the YouTubers. Why is Lamar doing this? Happening. I don't know. Like, does he need the money that badly? That's because like, if you're fighting against Aaron Carter, then I think that like, you just don't have money like for Trader Joe's the next week. Like you're right. grocery budget, like something's happening. Right. Like um, you need it bad. Bad. Um, Lamar, like, I can't even really say that, like, he beat his ass because it was lazy. But Aaron went down hard. I mean, even if Lamar wasn't going too hard on him, he's also, like, twice his size. Right, he's, he's, like, 6'5", 6'7". And Aaron Carter's, like, a good 115 smoking wet, so... yeah. I, I mean, I could probably, if I sat on Aaron Carter, he would break in half. Like, what? What? What is this fight? I don't what? understand. It, it just, you're right. It just felt very sad and confusing, the whole thing. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't be watching this. This shouldn't be happening. Yeah, like, it felt, it feels wrong. It's like, I feel like I shouldn't yeah. be looking at this. <laughs> it, it just felt very invasive. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was. It was bad. I encourage you to watch it because it's only like two minutes of your time, but it's just like okay. Aaron being like, I can't do it anymore. Like this man really hit me. And yeah, it was, uh, it was sad. I mean, it looked like neither of them had any sort of formal training. Like it was, just, it was like a high school fight. Okay. You know, you know what? I will watch it because it's only <laughs> a few minutes and now I kind of need to see it. Although I don't want to, and I feel wrong that I will look at it. <laughs> But I do want to see it. I'm not going to feel good about it, but I still encourage you to do it. Okay. Yeah. It's like the, they didn't, the, the girls did it once too, that like boxing match. And like, I, I just yeah. don't like watching that stuff. I like, it really like freaks me out. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there was going to be a fight between Farah from Teen Mom and Drita from Mob Wives. <laughs> and like, <laughs> oh my God. That I might tune into. <laughs> I would I would put at least I would put up a, a, at most five dollars on a pay per view. Yeah, for that. I would I would take a I would you know <laughs> take a look if I had to. Um, you know what relationship with Chloe that I really liked is French Montana. Oh my gosh! You know what? I I like always forget about them. I always forget about him and like what I always forget because that's a good match. It is a good match. And I just feel like she was constantly annoyed by him, but he really liked her. And I like that. I and like he was always him. there for her. Like he was, I feel yeah. like he's always there. He's always like supporting her. Yeah. Which is important. Yeah. I, I love them together. Oh, I like um, them. Oh, now yeah. I, now I kind of ship that. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So what happens after this? Uh, Chris has a conversation. She's like checking in with Kim and Kim's like, I'm not going to be talking to you about my feelings. I have a therapist for that. I'm not like (laughs) spreading the wealth talking to you guys about Kanye anymore. I have sought out professional help. Thank you very much. Um, And then she's like, okay, listen, here's what happened. When I turned 40, 
well, like, you know, I had this life with him and I thought I would be okay. We would be in different states and we would be totally fine. I could raise the kids and, you know, we can meet up whenever. I turned 40 and realized that that's not the life I want for myself. I yeah. have really everything I could possibly want. He has given me all of the most extravagant things that I could ever hope for in life. I know that's not going to happen again. But now I just want somebody who's going to be there. Right. I want a family with me. And I thought that was interesting. Like, it, they could have given me more, but I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I I did too, because it's like you, it's something you also don't like see from Kim a lot is like, because yeah, she would always be open on the show, but it was always about like things that were like good or like if something she had to talk about, like the robbery, like she never opened up like this kind of, because her yeah. relationship was always like fine. Mm-hmm. Or she made it seem fine, but now this is, like, so unavoidable that she, like, obviously had to talk about it. And I think she did a good job, like, explaining explaining it because it it is. Like, num- like you, she got to a point. She was like, no, I can't do this. I have everything I want. And except for someone who is, like, physically there. Yeah. And that's, like, I get that. Like, that's, I'm, you know, like, you just want someone who's, like, going to be there. And I, like... And Kanye has his own, like, things that he has to work on for himself. So, like, and you can't, you can't, like, do that while also trying to, like, dedicate time to someone 100%. Like, he has to figure out what's going on with himself. Totally, totally. Um, It is, I, I did think it was interesting that she, like, kind of put everything on herself. Yeah. Like, she does say, like, yeah, he wants to be here, there, and everywhere all the time. But she doesn't, like, point that out as, like, a fault of his. Even though, like, personally, I think when you have kids, you need to settle the fuck down. And, like, right. be them, you know? Right. <laughs> she kept being, she, like, she was, like, I'm the failure. And it's, like, you're not. Like, yeah, it, it's not you. This is someone who, because she's, she's physically there. She's She's not going anywhere. She's not, like, running away or, like, she's... Mm there trying to make a life or like do do things with her life and it's a hundred percent I mean it takes two people in a relationship but like when one person like is not around like it's you can't do that yeah and it's not her fault I mean that's just the way he is and at least she realized it because honestly there was a point when all this stuff was coming out like before the season started I was like I feel like she's just gonna stay and we're never going to talk about this, like, again. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad, I'm glad, like, number one, she's, like, live, going to, like, we're getting a divorce. And I want, like, I want to see her date. And, like, I don't know. I want the best for her. I do, too. And I just want her to have, like, a real thoughty summer. I yes. tweeted the <laughs> day, like, stop taking those pictures in that damn closet of yours. Get out there. And spread those legs, girl. Like, yes, like, I, go go out. Go get a yacht and go sail around. Go get Lala and have your best life. Like, what are we doing here? You look great. You're single. Go make out with a guy from Love Island. Like, I oh don't my care. God. I would no? die. That would be a dream. <laughs> no, honestly, there's nothing I want more now than a Love Island and Kim K collab. Oh, my God. What if she just showed up? Oh, my God. I would scream. 
<laughs> Just put her, um, put her on, put her in, coach. Let's go. <laughs> I I would like to see. Do you think it's weird that like we don't have any Kardashians in New York? Because I feel like Kendall should be in New York. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it is weird. Well, also because like I mean, fashion wise, like. I, I guess it's different now because there's not as many like runway shows and like stuff like that. Cause she like used to be in New York a lot. Yeah. And now I feel like that everything is either like virtual or like, I don't know, like she doesn't need to, cause she was really the only one that like needed to be in New yeah. York. And yeah, no, I think it's like kind of, I feel like they're, they're over like, they're over that phase of their life where they just want to be like, on 10 acres of land like where no one bothers them mm-hmm. which I get but it would be nice to have some back set like have them in New York like see what's going on because even like celebrities in New York like people who live there like it's very low-key like no one uh, no one bothers them like no one like goes up to them on the street like it's like because everyone kind of knows like listen it's it's not like LA like we're like I don't know like I feel like it's just no one no one bothers them yeah. In New York. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, yeah, like, I feel like we're due for some sort of, like, New York social scene renaissance. Like, we haven't had one in a while. And I feel like the Hadids are there. At least one of them is usually Yeah. There. And, they, well, they both have apartments, I think, or penthouses, yeah. like, in the city. So they're both, like, yeah, they could, like, go hang out. Kendall could go, like, babysit. Oh, sorry. Kendall could go babysit um, Kai. Yeah, exactly. It would be great. It would be great. Where was Zane? What bar was he at where he got in that fight the other day? Oh, I don't know. What? I'm. Now I need to know. I couldn't. I I can't remember which bar. Um. So okay. Yeah, I just I just want like I want Amsterdam Billiards Club in the East Village. Oh, I had to, I had to look it up. I was like, wait, I need to know where it was. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Never been. (laughs) Never been either. (laughs) Um, Okay. So everybody then ends with putting their items in a time capsule. The lamest thing, like truly taking storylines right out of Saved by the Bell. Um, (laughs) And Zoe 101, I might add. (laughs) (laughs) um i'm really aging myself here um (laughs) uh chloe puts the she does all these interviews with the family while they were at lake tahoe so she puts the videos in there from there and i think she had the keys from dash and oh uh, yeah oh dash (laughs) courtney did you ever go to dash um in soho i have been yeah i went i went once and it was exactly what i thought it would be Uh (laughs) uh-huh I'm pretty sure I Instagram from there. I need to find it. It's from like 2010. Yeah, I think I went and must have been like maybe 2012 or something. But yeah, it was um, underwhelming. I just remember. I'll, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was just random clothes. I was like, okay. I mean, I'll never forget when Courtney changed the dash handle to Poosh. I will never get over that. Like that is ingrained in my mind forever. <laughs> Like she did that. She pulled a fast one on us. I was like, why am I following Poosh? Oh, because it used to be the Dash Instagram account. 
I, I did not realize that. That's I, so- I will never like that. She pulled, she pulled a fast one on us. That's maybe the most clever thing she's ever done. Oh, a hundred percent. Definitely Chris's idea though. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Um, have you been to, have you done anything from Poosh? Any Poosh suggested things? No. Well, okay, so actually, <laughs> it's like, no, but, um, when she first, I was trying to get, um, that vital proteins, like moon milk collagen powder, like a year ago, because mm-hmm. I was like, I was always like wondering like what that did. And I had put like regular vital proteins collagen like in my coffees. And then mm-hmm. so when she came out with this, I was like, oh, you know what? Like this is something I actually would try. And every time I went to get it, it was sold out. So like I tried to and it did not work out well for me because I never got it. <laughs> okay. Well, fair. I mean, that stuff did look good. It was pink. Yeah. I was like, oh, this looks divine. <laughs> the little coffee machine in her room. I was like, well, I don't have that. But like. Yeah, like truly living in like a comfort in and sweets of your yeah. own. Love that for you. Um, the episode ends with like them recreating the first few seasons, like we're all together card. And then they go and have a picnic with the kids and stuff. And Billie Eilish is playing and, mm-hmm. you know, they're all talking about their hopes and dreams and, you know, yeah. Story running around I you know I, I don't know it was just kind of like whatever like a whatever. yeah I mean I, Billie Eilish did make me a little bit emotional but I think that was mostly because of the song right that was because of her that was her work not you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um gosh are you excited about the reunion you know what I actually am um and I wasn't at first because well I mean, I, I was excited because I was like, oh, great. Andy Cohen, like, is hosting. Like, I, lo- I love when, you know, he is the reunion king. But when they announced it, I was like, okay, but, like, are they really, like, even in, like, that teaser, they're like, nothing is off limits. I was like, okay, but there are going to be things, like, off limits. Like, For sure. uh, so then I, like, wasn't excited. But then, like, when the trailer came out, like, a few days ago, I was like, wait this actually looks very good. Like when they bring up Caitlin and like, yeah, when whoever he was talking about, when he was like, do you owe him an apology? Like to Kim? And she was like a hundred percent. I was like, Oh my God. Like, I was like, I need to know. And like, I, I need to know what Scott. Yeah. 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 I was like, what does Scott think about, Tra- about Travis? I was like, I have 
it actually did seem like they said a good amount. Yeah. And and he did ask about um, Tristan and the cheating yeah. and stuff. I hope that they bring Jordan into it. Um, Me too. Um, oh, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But I'm hoping, like, all of the, like, fantastical things that they mentioned in the trailer are not the only things that we see. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, 100%. Right? And, like, I feel like Andy, like, he just has a way of, like, asking questions that are, like, even, like, because on a Housewife reunion, like, he'll ask anything. Like, he will, he'll go there, but it's not, like, malicious. He does it in a way where it almost, like, makes you, like, want to tell him. So, like, I hope that they just kind of, like, let loose and Mm -hmm. I don't know I'm hoping I'm hoping yeah I'm hoping all those moments I'm hoping there's much more of them but I mean it's a two-parter great that's that's a good sign yeah (laughs) um so what would you have preferred like was there anything from the finale that you would have liked to see um I don't necessarily know if there's like anything like that was missing for me. I'm, I really just, I don't know, maybe like a North confessional, um, personally that would have, you know, just like a like her losing her mind. Um, I love her so much, but no, there's nothing like from the past. Like, I I guess it, it would really just be like more Kylie. Like I'm so intrigued by her, but then again, she like, I mean, it makes sense. She doesn't want, she doesn't want her life out there. Like she tried to do that show life of Kylie or whatever, which I obviously watched every episode of. And it's like, it's not her vibe. And I would just like, I would have liked to see like more of that, but it's okay. I'll forgive her. (laughs) Um, what, uh, okay. Let's go through and talk about our future predictions or hopes for the family. Um, we'll start off with Chris. Do you see her and Corey being like forever? I think so. And only because I, I think, well, they've been together for a a little while now. And I don't know. I just, I actually like a few years ago, I like had met the both of them and he seemed like just so like in love with her. Just, like, I don't know, like, he just, like, seems, like, infatuated with her, which, I mean, who isn't? Like, I, she is my everything. And I don't know, like, I just see, I I do see them together. Like, they've, I don't know. I feel like they just have a, they have good chemistry. And even though he sometimes he seems, like, not even, like, checked in all the way. Like, he seems kind of just, like, there. Yeah. He really, like, is so affectionate towards her. And I, I love that. And like, he's close with the girls and I don't know, I see it working out unless he does something. And like, uh, I don't know, but let's hope that doesn't happen. He seems to have put all his eggs in her basket. Yeah. I I like that. It seems like the type of relationship that she needs. I really studied on Chris's relationships and, where she was in her life. And I think like, he's the perfect guy for the per- right place, right time. Right. guy, Exactly. Right. And this is what she needs. Like a little, a little younger guy, just like, and mm-hmm. now it's serious. They've obviously been together for a while, but like, I feel like he just makes her like fun. He like brings out. Yeah. Another side of her. Yeah. Like supportive, but yet. Yeah. He can like bring things down a notch and he seems to be like a good, like 
Like he's good at navigating. Like I really yeah. like where the robbery happened with Chris. He was like full court press. We need to get security for everybody. Yeah. To figure this whole thing out. Like, you know, he's very useful. That man. Yeah. He um, is. Let's talk about Rob. Do we see <sighs> Rob coming out of hiding? <laughs> I don't know. That poor boy. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like probably not just because I think he will. I don't know. How old is he now? I want uh, to maybe like 34, 35. Yeah. 34, 35. I feel like at this point, like he has dream and, and I feel like he's been like spotted out with like random, like women. I, yeah. <laughs> but I don't see him coming back out in a way that he was before. Like he just, I think is living. He'll live off of like, this money like that he's making now I don't foresee any like new ventures or like I mean the sock line Chris promotes every single day (laughs) and I'm like I feel like that's like he that's it for him and like I feel like he'll just live like a quiet life I don't yeah I feel like he's he's happy yeah I feel like he's gonna find some girl from Instagram yeah and they'll be married for like a couple years and then you know he'll keep on trucking yeah um Kendall. Oh, Kendall. Well, you know what was interesting? I think I went down this like TikTok rabbit hole or maybe it was like something. Yeah. It was like Kendall's PR team hates her. Um, and yeah. they like gave all of these like reasons why. Yeah. And I found that so funny because I'm like, it has to be like everything she does. Like I, it's always like off in a little way. And I actually like really like her. I feel like she's like, the most like laid back out of all of them, like very like not materialist as materialistic. She just kind of like is there. Um, but I think it's, it's interesting because everything she tries to do, like there's always something that's like not fully right about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope she, I don't know, maybe gets a new PR team because this is not, <laughs> it's not it. Yeah. She is like the opposite of, Whatever the opposite of the Midas touch is, is what she has. Exactly. And I hope her and I don't know if she's she still dating Devin Booker. I think so. Oh, yeah. I think I, I, I mean, yeah. being heckled the other day because of him. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm ha- I'll be happy for them. There it is. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Devin Booker could walk past me right now. I wouldn't have no, no. idea. No idea. He could slap me across the face. I'd be like, who was that? I have no idea. (laughs) Um, Kylie, I'm predicting another baby this year. I would love that. I think Kylie loves being a mom more than anyone on any of the girls. Like, I feel like that is her everything. Yeah. Like, and I love that. I love that for her. I hope, you know, that she is I don't know if I necessarily need to see her like fully back with Travis but if she wants to like continue a family with him great but I also I feel like she doesn't now. what I think they are fully back now oh they are okay I wasn't sure because I, I don't know I always get like mixed reviews but I I also think she's the type of person who like could live the rest of her life with like just stormy if she had to like Mm -hmm. I don't know I just see her as like she just loves being a mom and like maybe that'll change like as she gets older but 
feel like she's just happy right now. Like, and I hope she does have another kid. She's such a cute mom. Stormy is literally so fucking cute. She is. I love her. She is so cute. She's so cute. She's so smart. Ugh. Patience, no. patience, patience. <laughs> I love that child. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on to Courtney. Oh, well, I hope she stops posting photos of Travis's blood on Instagram. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I do. You know what I do love when I see them out with um, Megan Fox? And yeah, I, I like think that for some is just like they all look alike. It's very interesting. It's it's so on the nose that I yeah. like my eyes it's a little too on the nose like it's but honestly I like get such a kick out of it I'm like okay you guys can just like keep hanging out together I want them to like all do a music video together I would scream that would be too good I I mean give it like six weeks I'm sure you know after you receive that'll be happening yeah um so okay moving on to I guess Chloe I'm obviously like I'm thinking we're gonna get like a Christmas baby I'm thinking the surrogate's already going into motion. Yeah. I, I I think I'd agree with that, yeah. Because, I mean, that was, like, the biggest part. And especially if she's doing all this stuff to, like, be with him and have true with him. Like, it's obvious that, you know, it's not that she just, like, wants kids. She wants, like, a family. And I hope, she, I, I hope she'll be happy. But I don't – I will no longer be dedicating my time to – Tristan, third trimester Thompson. (laughs) I can't dedicate any of my time to Chloe. (laughs) She's blocked me on my podcast Instagram, so. Wait, I did not know. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) I don't know why. I was just, like, trying to tag her and one thing being like, oh, I, oh, okay. All right. Oh, my God. Chloe. I mean, it's probably, I the only time I ever talked about her was in conjunction with Tristan. And I know yeah. I was nice about Tristan. So that's probably right. right. But who is nice about, I mean, if you're going to block everyone, like what? Thank you. I feel like I'm the kid in class who like was also screaming along with everybody, but I'm the only one. And who you got, got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you took the heat for everyone. Yeah. Oh my God. That's too funny. <laughs> I can't um, believe Finally, Kim, what are our predictions for Kim? Do you see another great love in her life? I, I, I want to, but, and eventually I think she will. Like I, like, but I, I agree with what you said. I wanted to take this like summer to just like do whatever she wants, like, and just like have fun. I feel like I also, when there was that like small rumor about her and Van Jones, the guy from, um, Ugh, yeah. CNN. Um, I was like, I just liked hearing that, like, rumors about it. Like, that Kim was, like, out with someone. Like, I just want that for her. I want her to be, like, yeah. seen with, like, hot guys, like, doing whatever she wants. Yeah, like, I want to see her with, like, a bunch of hot guys. I want to see her bring out the foreigners. Bring yes, let's go. Bring dudes from Germany. Bring dudes from Spain. Italy. I don't care. I want, like, European money from her. But yes. I, I want to see her, like, just be seen with a bunch of hot dudes. And then 
like hook herself into like a European businessman. Yes. And then just like be happy for the rest of her life. Like eventually I think she'll settle that, like be with someone again, but yeah, I like, I'm loving this phase for her. Like, I hope it's a slutty phase. I love that. Me too. And honestly, like I deserve it. Yes, we all do. And so does she. Yeah. But mostly me. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Christine. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about this, like series finale. I, The end of an era. The end of an era, absolutely. It's so wild. What do you think what do you think is gonna happen with Scott? Do you think he's gonna go down? Sweet babe, I don't know. I hope that one day he realizes that, you know, I hope one day he'll be like, All right, I can make this commitment. And again, even if it's like when they're like sixty five years old, like Yeah. They'll just like grow old together him and Courtney, but for now, I feel like the next few years is still going to be, like, the same stuff we've seen. Which is, like, you know what? Figure out yourself. Do you? Um, I'm just excited to see what he has to say on the reunion. I think that'll be good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Alright. Well, thank you again so much. Do you guys, do you want people to find you? And if so, where? Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, you... Uh, can find me on Instagram at Christine Bianca Villa. Um, it's a, the spelling it's, it's spelled exactly how it sounds. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put a link to your Instagram in the episode description for anybody who wants awesome. to follow. Awesome. You have a beautiful day. You too. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.